0: Good evening, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, dear friends. I'm very happy to welcome you here in Web Support. And I'm also very happy that uh, we have a special guest tonight, and that's uh, Julie Korenko. Julie, welcome. Thank you so much. So this is the first time we have an English speaker in here, so we will uh, speak English. Uh, In case you have any questions during the discussion, please feel free to ask. And of course, there will be some space after uh, discussion uh, for your questions if you want to talk to uh, Julie in person. So the topic of uh, tonight is mentoring and networking, how to make it work. So I'm going to ask Julie uh, for some tips. I do hope it's useful for you but uh, before we start uh, there's uh, many of you who do not know Julie yet so I would like to ask you Julie to introduce yourself a little bit. So what is your story, uh, what uh, made you who you are today and most of all what brought you to Slovakia?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. Dobry večer. Mm-hmm. Um, volám sa Julie a e môj Slovenčino nie je dobre, a, <laughs> ale hovorím trošku teraz a môj manžel je Slovak, e pretože som tu, <laughs> ale uh, teraz po anglicky. <laughs> um, good evening. Um, Thank you so much for having me, America, and the opportunity to be here. It's really special to be a foreigner in Slovakia and to have an opportunity to meet more people. And of course, that's the topic of our conversation this evening, but thank you for some of your time. Um, So and I apologize. I've developed a small cold, but um, bear with me this evening. So um, well, um, to sum up my life (laughs) in a little bit, I really um, am appreciative to come and talk about networking and uh, developing mentorship because I really think that that's been a key part of helping me uh, get positions in my career and advice and support has always been from other people and um, I've had some opportunities to give back to students and colleagues and it's been really rewarding personally. So um, when I had a chance to meet Mirka um, here in Slovakia through the U.S. Embassy, Um, It was uh, an honor to uh, partner with the program. So so I um, have uh, 13 to 15 years experience in international education as an educator. um, And over the years developed skills in project management as a manager and most recently doing consulting. And uh, I met my husband who's Slovak in the United States when he was on a chemistry research grant from the Slovak Academy of Sciences. And uh, we were able to socialize in the US when I was working in international relations and we met that way. And just really coincided personally for me to move to Slovakia um, and uh, have a new adventure in my personal life um, and just switch gears. And I'm in a place where I'm really redefining my future and what I wanna do. And part of that here is to share some of my experiences with other people while I have the time and while I have this opportunity. Um, to help people make connections with the United States if I can. So, um, did that help answer your question, Mirka? Is there anything else you'd yeah, like sure, to add? Yeah, sure, but I
0: will ask a couple of more questions, of course. Uh, so, you moved to Slovakia how long ago?
1: So, I'm here uh, just a year and a half. Um, I've been coming to Slovakia for about five years. Um, my first trip was to um, the uh where my husband's family is from and that's where I fell in love with Slovakia in addition to my husband's family. Um, and um, So over the years I've been able to get a, to know a little bit of um, Slovakia but mostly based here in Bratislava. So,
0: but it yeah. must have been really a big challenge for you to come to a new country and not know anybody except for your husband and maybe some members of his family. Uh, So my question is, what did you do first uh, in terms of uh, meeting new people and uh, building your network?
1: Yes, so this was one of the biggest ironies of my life because I spent um, so many years helping students and colleagues move themselves overseas and participate in study abroad programming and I've always helped either international students or colleagues adjust to life and culture in the United States or vice versa, helping others move abroad. So I thought, oh, this will be a wonderful opportunity for me to um, use, take what I've uh, been preaching and put it into practice and live it myself. I know what to do. I've been telling other people how to do this their whole lives um, and it's always harder in practice. Um, And um, I really looked at moving to Slovakia as a year of personal, a personal sabbatical, and so when um, I was open to leaving my uh, jobs behind in the US, I wanted to focus on really studying Slovak, uh, getting to know the new culture, um, adjusting to my new life here. Um, But it was uh, more challenging than you can anticipate because um, you have to reinvent yourself, and you, um, when you go into another place where you don't speak the language very well, uh, you lose a sense of your independence and your ability to get around yourself um, and you have to really kind of figure out how you can rely on others to do some basic tasks. Um, you know like calling an electrician, I can't do that on my own. Um, when the toilet's broken I need to call a plumber, you know those sort of things. I'm always having to rely on my husband which is fine. Um, And so I knew getting involved in organizations was gonna be the most important thing for me to meet people. And so um, I knew um, that I wanted to join some international organizations. And so um, right away I joined the International Women's Club of Bratislava so I could meet other people. Um, And I connected right away to the U.S. Embassy to see if I could meet others here. Um, And just started meeting people slowly but surely to give me advice and support me along the way.
0: OK, and uh, one more question uh, regarding your work experience. Uh, one of your positions was at one of the best universities uh, in the whole wild world, which is uh, MIT. Uh, how was it working for such an organization? And how different uh, was it for you when you came to Slovakia and started working for uh, a totally different uh, school uh, mm-hmm. here in Slovakia?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a dream to um, work at MIT. Um, I was there for three years before coming to Slovakia in a role as assistant dean for global education. And um, I was able to be a part-time consultant for them after I moved here. It was was something I was able to negotiate in my transition. And um, it's incredible to have an opportunity to work at a place that really, thrives on excellence and demands a high level of um, achievement. Um, I first started working at uh, the Illinois Institute of Technology in Chicago and I was always familiar with um, MIT as a tech partner, a tech leader in the field and the students that I was advising and the colleagues, um, we kind of regarded MIT obviously as a, um, a leader in international programming. So it was just a dream of mine to be able to work there. And um, something inside me thought, well, why not put myself in the running to to work there? I have something to offer. Um, I think I can um, do work just as well as anyone else. And um, and so I was able to really uh, land that position. And um, when, what was really interesting about the environment there is that um, I really learned a lot from um, engineers and IT colleagues about problem solving and it's really an environment where uh, people don't take no for an answer and I think it's in the training of IT professionals and the training in engineers is when you encounter barriers or challenges, it's not necessarily to stop, it's how else can we go around this, what else can we do uh, to find an answer and that idea of problem solving um, really permeated the work culture, and so um, you could never tell someone, oh, I don't think that's gonna work. Mm, I think I, I think that's probably not something we shouldn't do. You always had to say why and how, and um, and if something a professor or researcher wanted, um, you just had to find out a way to make it happen, and I really um, learned from that, and that's one of the great things about working at MIT in that environment, um, and, Uh, something I can carry on through um, my time here in Slovakia so
0: okay that sounds great Um, one of the reasons people want to graduate from uh, business universities is to uh, have a broad network Uh, is it also the same at MIT or is it different since it's a technical university do you try to emphasize this benefit
1: Yes, networking is key. Um, and in the organizational structure of MIT and in higher education in the United States, it, it really depends if you're in a really centralized structure or you're in a decentralized structure or if your team or your division is um, what, the, what the kind of hierarchy is and how decisions are made and um, how you can be um, productive as a team and is it individually or collaborative And um, in engineering environments that I've been in at the Illinois Institute of Technology, the second university I worked at was Valparaiso University in Indiana and then MIT. Your relationships and your networking was everything uh, for your ability to work on projects or get ideas through. And um, really, you often had to vet your ideas through your colleagues and um, kind of build support for them before you put them forward. It was a little bit of the political network Um, in the the job environment and um, and in uh, putting forward ideas and in decision making it was always really important to have feedback from colleagues on um, on advice or if we did something like this how do you think this would be received and really getting a lot of um, doing a lot of planning with your colleagues and getting a lot of feedback so that you can be a little bit more strategic. And people really want to help each other out. um, And students are really looking for a lot of support themselves. So that networking is always really important in that way. Um, And also, um, I would say when you're new to a work environment and maybe in an environment where you're unsure of yourself in the larger context, I think, Investing in your colleagues early on and getting a a support network built in is going to help build confidence in yourself So that you can maybe um, take risks sooner or put ideas out faster um, um, If you have that support network built in right away with your colleagues.
0: Yeah, exactly so people say that uh, Nowadays, it's not only about what you can do but also about who you know yeah. So I believe uh, the more people you know, the better for you. Uh, so that's why I wanted to focus uh, our attention tonight on uh, building networks and on creating uh, mentoring relationship. So uh, we can maybe move on to that topic now. Uh, so Julie, could you please uh, try to describe why is it important to uh, focus our attention on these two aspects?
1: Yes, so um, I think um, for those reasons, to um, have a supportive network um, or try to build one uh, to get some ideas, uh, to bounce your ideas off of others in the planning um, aspect, Um, but also the mentorship of getting a foot in the door, um, having someone guide you in the next step of your career, helping you see um, maybe a more visionary arc is really important and um, and I think um, having people that are willing to give you good feedback outside of your supervisor and outside of your boss is really important um, in uh, the mini tech program um, I believe your program did a long session on feedback and we talked in our sessions together on um, on um, having confidence in building decisions and being strategic about your career and having someone that can really help you see um, where your gaps are between where you want to be, where you are now and where you want to be in your future. Um, Having that feedback is really important and having people that are willing to give it to you in a positive way um, is helpful. Um, We all have opinions about our colleagues and um, we don't always give each other Um, good feedback, and so I think networking can really um, be fruitful in that way. Um, And I also have really um, sought out to be a mentor to younger students, and by the process of teaching and mentoring others, you yourself have a chance to reflect on your own career and what you're doing, and that's also really helpful, and so if you have an opportunity to give back to somebody else, um, it's a really rewarding experience as well. So,
0: Sure. Um, maybe we can go a little deeper uh, yeah. into mentoring uh, now. Um, I believe that all of us uh, want to improve. We always want to be better and better. And mentor can be very helpful in the process. So my question is, uh, where can I find a mentor? How do I know who is a good or who could be a good mentor for me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this can be... Um, really dependent on the work environment that you come from, um, um, just to give you my experience of mentorship, um, my professional organization in the United States, um, and internationally, it's called, um, International Education, and the organizational structure that organizes conferences and professional development opportunities has a mentorship program built in for colleagues to be able to sign up and be matched with a mentor. And so you might be able to connect to a larger professional organization that has a mentorship program built in with volunteers already willing to dedicate their time. Um, You might be able to connect uh, with uh, your university to see what kind of mentorships um, your academic department might be able to connect you to alumni, other graduates that are in the professional field. Um, and I've read different advices on how to approach a particular person, um, and I think the earlier you can have someone give you advice or support you in your career, the better, um, and maybe finding someone in your industry or in your company or in your community that you really admire and just follow them and watch them and what they're doing and maybe you'll have a chance to... Um, connect with them in person um, through a meeting or a conference, and connect with them through an email or um, over coffee. Um, And don't be afraid to um, seek someone's guidance because people generally um, are able to talk about themselves pretty easily. You're not asking them about the world's problems, you're asking them about their particular feedback. Um, so I think the ask isn't so big, Mm -hmm. um, and um, but also look at it from a long-term perspective of how can this person over a few years time give you some support, um, yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah,
0: sure. Uh, Maybe we can add a little bit more on this, um, so does the relationship has to be formal or can it be really just based on some coffees once a month or something like that?
1: Yeah. I think it's what you, um, one, what you want out of it, and um, two, um, maybe what kind of practice you wanna gain. Um, I think um, I've had some really informal mentors in my own career that have just given me advice um, on whether I should go to graduate school when I was in university, or what kind of jobs, or what kind of training I should get, and um, using a mentor informally just for some advice um, is kind of a casual environment where you can just do, go for coffees and ask for feedback on major life decisions or career decisions that you're making. Um, but if you're really looking at uh, your industry and um, and your company, your organization, I think having someone that is in upper management that has seen a lot and has done a lot. Um, to give you some feedback, that's a more formal uh, maybe uh, relationship. And um, I think it really depends on how close you are to this person or if you can get a recommendation um, and um, just use that person's time wisely and really go in with a few questions of what would you like to learn from this person? How would you like them to give feedback and really be prepared like a job interview? um and um um and get advice that way um
0: okay and usually when we are looking for a mentor we uh, want the person to be successful in his or her field Uh, sometimes uh, it's people who are really famous either entrepreneurs or managers Uh, do you think that uh, we can add some value in this relationship, why is it also interesting for the mentor?
1: Yeah, um, I I guess it depends on um, the experience dynamic. If you're looking at someone that has a lot more experience than you, um, you know, I think really looking at your self-worth and really believing in yourself um, is important. Um, And what can you offer back to a mentor? You know, I I guess that's really interesting. It depends on what you're talking about. Um, But usually, uh, first and foremost, a mentor um, should have the idea of being willing to support somebody else. And this is someone that um, should have a desire in and of themselves to to wanna help you. Um, And if you're not um, getting that sense from this person, obviously, it's not gonna be a fruitful partnership over time. Um, And that's okay. Then you can move on to the next person. Um, And um, a mentor-mentee relationship can be a mutual because it could be someone that's not necessarily in your own organization. um, That um, it could be sharing ideas. Obviously, you don't want to share um, um, organizational ideas that, you know, are competitive, but you want to be able to um, share ideas together and um, be able to collaborate and reflect together on some things, whether it's um, the direction your field is going or how you want to move um, um, your organization. I think it could be really interesting. Um, but I think the mentee has a lot more to gain than uh, the mentor, sure. obviously. So, do you have anything yourself to add
0: on that? Uh, actually. Um just maybe from my own experience, I believe that the relationship is uh, a lot about questions and answers. And uh, I have another question for you, uh, what, so what, what questions would you ask your mentor?
1: Yes, um, so what questions I would ask my mentor? Um, let me um, back up and um, explain one example of a mentorship um, program that I really liked. when. Um, And then I can talk about questions in that context. Um, One thing that was really helpful for me when I started in my um, office at MIT is the HR division. When they hired me and when they hired their employees, um, they wrote a letter saying, okay, here's all the internal resources in your welcome packet. But then they had assigned a, a colleague within the division for me and said, this is going to be your buddy. Um, at MIT, and this person is expected to meet with you for the first year. And um, that was really exciting for me uh, because you don't necessarily know who to ask. And this was someone who um, was supposed to take me out to lunch when I got um, to work um, within the first month and then check in on me a couple months later, and then I could go and ask questions to that wasn't within my immediate office. Um, and I really liked that structure and I wanted to mention that as if your, um, organization doesn't offer that kind of a program, maybe you could ask HR or your supervisor to say, is there someone that you could give me, um, or, um, um, as a buddy or someone that I could ask questions to and HR usually knows a good person or your supervisor and, and it really, Um, was someone that didn't have to worry about asking questions that I was sensitive about in my immediate job. Um, And so it was a a little bit of a distance removed from my own team that I was working with, and that was what I really liked. Um, And so within that context, um, really using um, someone within the organization to help me understand um, work culture at the beginning of a new job, Um, maybe some people that I could trust in giving good feedback, um, someone that I could go to seek advice, um, and, um, really what to, um, what they wish they had known at the beginning of working in this organization. And those kinds of questions, um, are really helpful in starting a new job, um. For someone um, in a mentor, when I was in more of a decision-making role, having someone um, where when I was really struggling with decision-making or making a big call for um, organization, um, I just really needed someone to walk my ideas through, and that kind of um, relationship was really important for me to be able to call a colleague that was outside of my organization or another university and just say, I'm really struggling with this decision, um, can you just hear me out and help me uh, walk that through? And I just um, and that kind of mentorship is really supportive and was really helpful. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily um, asking questions, it was more uh, guiding, am I thinking about this in the right way? Um, The last thing I want to mention about that, or another thing, is um, in your network, within your organization and within your community, trying to see the range of feedback that you're getting, um, is it consistent or do you have an outlier source of feedback for yourself? Um, Are you getting enough range of feedback that's really helping you see Um, a wide perspective. Um, At my last job at MIT there was always this one colleague that always had a different opinion and she always viewed things really differently and I didn't always agree with her but I would usually go to her um, to to ask her advice because she was usually would show me okay everyone's thinking this way but she's out here and there's a range here that I'm less familiar about and she helped me see that full perspective and say okay this is this is really what I wanted to see and what I wanted to know, and that was really supportive um, because you have to th- um, know where your box is of your thinking and are you inside of that box with everybody else or are you thinking outside of that box and who's gonna help you push to see um, that range. And so I think um, that would be another use of um, building a, a wide range of network is to help you expand your, your thinking. Um, or to have someone give you that feedback of where, uh, where your thoughts are. That's...
0: Okay. So maybe just to sum up uh, this first part, uh, we can either uh, join a formal uh, mentoring program to get a mentor. Uh, we can ask for a mentor at work. If we don't have a formal program, we can suggest uh, such an idea. Or we can just go to a person we really admire, and uh, try to get some advice from them. Is there anything else I didn't mention?
1: I mean, it's really interesting um, when um, if you go to conferences and just collect name cards and business cards from people and just anyone and and, um, right away putting them in your LinkedIn network Um, So their business card doesn't sit in a drawer in your office Um, and um, Right away sending a note um, That way when I go to conferences I get all these cards and I I go through them and I'll make a note on them usually right after I meet somebody um, And I'll make a note for myself of why I wanted to stay in touch with this person or the idea that we talked about Um, and then I kind of would put them in generally three categories of follow-up Interesting, or you know, just you know, other category, and I would go on LinkedIn and just send a note to somebody and say um, it was really nice meeting you at this conference. Um, hope to connect with you sometime. And then I had a record of um, us meeting and where we were at, um, so that I had that um, electronically in my system. And so, um, and then um, if you're able to connect that way, then you can see how that. Um, person's network is connected to you. Um, And it's not necessarily people that you're going to stay in touch with, but it could be someone that could help you connect with other people. And so it's not always about the, your first person connections yourself, but where else those, those um, connections are. Um, I once had someone write me on LinkedIn out of the blue um, to say, oh, I saw that you worked At this previous job I'm interested I've applied for a position there and I'm really interested in your feedback working there could I connect with you and I thought that was really interesting and so I wrote to my future my uh, my former colleagues and I said there's someone here that is really interested and they've asked me for advice do you know who this person is and so that was really an interesting way Um, I was really impressed by that and so I think um, trying to build that those kinds of connections, I think, is important, I think.
0: Yeah, actually, this is quite interesting because you already started with uh, collecting uh, business cards, but actually there's uh, this first step we uh, didn't talk about yet, and that's uh, the very first contact, the very first sentences, the very first minutes uh, of the discussion you have with someone you our meeting for the first time uh, so there's actually a couple of questions I wanted to ask you on this and um, it's actually uh, there's a lot of people in IT sector or maybe it's uh, also very specific t- uh, for women that we are afraid to ask questions or we don't really know how to start So uh, maybe can you give us some tips on how to talk to a person for the first time? What to ask? What is appropriate? What is not appropriate?
1: Yes. um, Obviously, the context in which you're socializing matters for this and, um, you know, my opportunity for meeting people outside of my office area in a a professional setting is at maybe um, university-wide holiday parties such as this, or um, conferences, and it's more casual, you might be at a, a table and you chat with somebody, or, um, and um, I'm always just very curious in people, and I think people usually have a really interesting story, so um, I generally have a few quest- few go-to questions if I'm kind of stuck with someone at a table and you need to talk to somebody, um, um, if you're, if you already know you have something in common um, in your own industry, you can say, well, how did you get involved in this position? Or how did you get involved at X, Y, and Z organization? Or what led you to working in your position? Um, maybe after the initial, hi, who are you? <laughs> you know, where do you work? What are you doing? Um, and um, and those kinds of questions, um I like because then someone's telling you a little bit about themselves and their context and also a little bit about their own motivations. And I always really like to find out people's motivations because that's really interesting. Um, and um, and to be genuine in your connection, I think, it depends on your work culture. I think um, in Washington, DC, in our capital city in the US, it's kind of like you're only as good as who you're connected to and who you know and everyone is usually asking like oh well, who are you connected and what's your worth you know can you get me to this person or to that person and you can kind of generally read if someone's doing that but if it's a really genuine interest that you're taking in someone i think that's um that's interesting um and not to worry uh, necessarily about yourself you're just passing the um, pressure onto somebody else to talk about themselves. And so if you're not naturally in a good conversationalist, asking questions is generally a good idea. Um, and then to show interest in what they have to say um, is, is, is just as important. Um, what are your thoughts, Mirka? Yeah,
0: actually, I, uh, I'm i again curious because uh, you have just a couple of minutes, you know, to have the discussion with someone you just met, uh, for example, during an event like this. So you want to ask questions, but also you kind of want to sell yourself. So uh, how much should you talk about yourself and how much should you ask the questions?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, if someone starts with, you know, tell me about yourself or, you know, what do you do? Um, You know, and you're in a professional setting, you obviously want to address um, your role and you don't necessarily have to give a title, but um, a funny thing at MIT is that people don't like to say what their titles are because generally everyone is super accomplished, so that's irrelevant so it's usually what your field is and what you're doing um, what your industry is or you, would ne- you wouldn't necessarily start with I'm the you know assistant dean of you would say well I work in um, education and I help um, students prepare for their lives through international exchanges or something like that and so you can maybe find a way to show how what you do is adding value um, and it's more than just saying Um, this is the company and the job that I have but uh, maybe you can attach it to the mission of your organization oh I'm working on a team that's doing this or um, I I work in this organization where we try to do X Y and Z and I think that's a a more interesting or dynamic response Um, and um, maybe more thought-provoking to the next person and that's essentially I think what you would want to know from the other person of course who they are and what they do, but you also kind of want to know what is it that they're offering and maybe you're setting the tone for how the next person responds to you. You can then say, well, what do you do? And then maybe they would respond in the same way. Um, And um, um, I think, I think that's what I would recommend. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, um, an elevator pitch is generally short and sweet, something okay. that you would say in 30 seconds or a minute or two. Um,
0: so and that's the part that we can uh, prepare in advance. That we should really be ready for this 30-second pitch, right? Yeah.
1: Um, who are you? What do you do? Um, um, and um, what your value is and um, and and to have, say it with confidence, and um, or if you're not necessarily in a current position, you can say, you know, I'm really looking to do this X, Y, and Z. I mean, I don't always have a good response prepared, um, and I always walk away saying, oh, I really should have said something else better. Um, but I think in a networking situation where you're at a professional conference or you're at a an event where you're meeting other people professionally, I think. Um, practicing that with each other and using maybe tonight is a good place to practice that and ask people for feedback on how did that sound? Do you think that's what you would recommend me to say to somebody else, it's a safe zone? Um, and just getting more comfortable with it each event that you go to um, because I think the more you practice meeting people and the more you practice networking, the easier and more natural it becomes and, the, um, and you'll learn your own style and your own system over time.
0: Sure. So you can prepare the sales pitch uh, in advance and I think that there's one more thing you can do. Uh, You can always, or usually you can check uh, what kind of people are coming to the event or to the conference. Mm -hmm. So you can uh, take a look uh, at their profiles, you can learn uh, what they do and you can maybe prepare some questions in advance. And the best part uh, at least uh, for me, is to try to connect on a personal level. Not only talk about work, but also try to find something that we have in common in terms of hobbies, sports, and so on. What, do you, what is your opinion on this?
1: Yeah, that's actually really um, good. That reminded me that I used to look at um, who was going to be at a conference um, ahead of time and to try to connect with them. Um, and so that's a really good tip. Um, What was the other part of your question?
0: Uh, About hobbies or sports, you know, you you talk about work for the first five minutes and then uh, there should be something you can switch to, for example, something more informal. Uh, something you can maybe do together during the next meeting or so on. So I think it's really helpful to know what uh, those people like or what they do in their free time and try to meet them in those places, for example.
1: Absolutely, that really um, mattered a lot at MIT is in coming into a meeting um, and knowing somebody um, outside of the context of of work, maybe through doing hobbies together or just having those conversations before or after a meeting um, so that the next time you go into another meeting, you can ask that person, you know, oh, how's it going? Ask about someone's family or, you know, their ski trip or um, a really a, a personal um, interest um, really matters when you have to pick up the phone call the phone and call that person and really. Um, make an ask of them um, for a project or a report um, and having that personal connection um, is really incredible. That you value that person for who they are and that you value them um, as a colleague. Um, I think that always matters. And that's also something I really appreciate um, about having worked with some Slovaks here already is that that personal connection is really important. and. Um, Saying hello and making sure to acknowledge each other has been a really wonderful part because we can be sometimes too task-oriented in the United States and less personal. And I think understanding the the cultural context is important as well.
0: Sure. Um, There are three specific uh, situations I want to talk about now. Uh, Maybe one question uh, for the audience. Uh, How many of you consider yourselves introverts? raise your hands, introverts, or more introverts than extroverts. So I guess it's maybe half of the people, and it must be really difficult uh, for them to make connections, to really do the professional networking. Is there any advice you have for introverts?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Maybe we'll get some advice from someone in the room. Um, Practice helps, <laughs> it does. It it takes the um, fear factor away. Um, and um, I had a, a colleague that I supervised um, in my previous job who um, got really nervous in social settings or settings where it was just open conversation and there wasn't a lot of structure. And so she really asked me to walk with her. And join her in conversations when we would go to a conference or an event and I thought oh, that's kind of funny Um, But it worked for her because then she had like a safe person with her to help carry the conversation if she couldn't do it herself Um, And but then that still allowed her to have the connection herself and I thought oh actually that was a really smart thing to do so maybe um, finding a buddy at at an event and, um, asking them to, to help you in having those conversations and, um, and just remember it's, um, you're trying to build your network, um, but you're really just, um, trying to be curious about other people and, and, um, realizing that the pressure is not really on yourself. It's really on the other person and, uh, to maybe not be as, I don't know if it's, the intro, introvertedness is from a place of fear or not. Um, but I think it's to understand where your motivation is, of where the introvertedness comes from, and maybe try to, to see um, how you can address that. And maybe um, um, phone calls or Skype calls might be an option, um, as opposed to going to coffee, maybe group settings. Um, um, it really just depends on um, what works more for you, and thinking about it from a variety of perspectives. Um, do you have something to add to that?
0: Yeah, actually I met a friend of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it's a Slovak uh, IT specialist women in, uh, living in States, and uh, she's also an introvert, and when I asked her about her networking experience, uh, she told me, uh, something quite interesting she said i always have a goal uh, for each event or conference i try to meet three new people that's That's my that's my goal three new people talk to three new people and then i'm fine if i do not talk to three new people i'm not going home oh wow so So she always has this goal and she says it's really helpful to have something like this because really then it pushes you even though you don't feel uh, comfortable doing it you just uh, push yourself and you do it and you have a better feeling uh, after after this.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, to have a goal of coming away with a new contact when you go to an event um, and um, asking them for their contact information or, um, or saying, oh, it would be interesting um, to have a chat sometime, they'll hear more about your work or what you do. Um, and maybe leaving it more open-ended, if you were interested in following up with that person. Um, And if you are able to exchange business cards, um, you know, connecting with them on a professional platform online right away would be great. I love love that idea.
0: Sure. Um, Okay, so that was the first one, introverts. Uh, The second one is uh, low self-confidence. What if I have this feeling that I do not have anything to offer to the person? I feel that I should know this person it's for example my future employer my future manager or something like that but I have this feeling that I don't have anything interesting to offer how do I talk to that person
1: yeah um, change your thinking (laughs) 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 to uh, believing in yourself Um, I think what if I could just share a personal Um, story Um, when I was in high school um, I wasn't doing well on my um, chemistry class it's funny because my husband's a chemist now but um, I wasn't doing well and I think um, I was called in because I couldn't be on the swim team if my grades were bad so I had to get my grades up so I found myself where I had to really do some tutoring and I just thought, oh, well, this is embarrassing and I'm not really good at this subject. And um, But I found that over time, um, I just needed more time with the material. And I was able to really do well with material with just um, more focused attention and studying. And I hadn't learned that about myself yet. And I was able to turn that around and really produce something. Um, go in the class and get top grades and I just realized well my style is different and I'm I can do this just as well as anyone else if I just figure out how it is that I can can do it um, and that really gave me a lot of confidence and self-worth um, to try new things and to push myself into different areas and um, and I would encourage in- encourage anyone just to look at themselves and say you have something that's interesting and of value. You have a unique experience. And that diversity of thought is what's really important in problem solving. And that's what is sought after um, are those different ideas and perspectives. And so not to um, doubt yourself, but to really think, oh, there, it could be through a conversation um, that it could that I could offer something. Um, but it's to be discovered, and, um, and to say, okay, well, I'm just gonna put myself out there and meet people and talk to people, and just find where your common ground is, and, and find common ground with somebody else, and through that you'll, um, um, I think it's important, um, and to not necessarily focus on what you're, what's so different about each other, but where do you connect, and um, if you're already in the same industry, you already have a connection and to focus on that. Um, and to tell that person, you know, I'm really interested in learning from you so I can do something more. And um, what you're sh- offering is is genuine interest in giving back into the field, if not directly to that individual person. I think that's important. Did
0: yeah, that help answer? Again, uh, from, my, from my experience, uh, I usually try to ask as many questions as possible to show the interest and then try to listen carefully and suggest some uh, ways of how I can be helpful for the person because I mean who refuses help right yeah so if there's uh, if you really don't feel that confident you can always try to find uh, some ways to help that person you're talking to right yes Okay, and the third case is when we're talking to a new person and we don't really feel the connection. Like we're trying so hard, you can already see the sweat, you know, mm. but uh, there's no connection. You're just pushing it. <laughs> what do we do then? Should we leave? Should we try to yeah. find something that we have in common or just uh, find someone else to talk to?
1: Yeah. Um you know, I think uh, remembering to be respectful. You never know when you're going to run into this person again. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and um, you know, we don't like talking with everyone, and you know, we always have our preferences socially. Um, but I was I was actually listening to um, a podcast recently of Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell, who um, has written books on human behavior and um, people's decisions and he says people generally um, in our first impressions get it wrong about each other and so if you're we're not able to connect um, to maybe try to withhold judgment about this person um, and um, because it could be really int- they could offer you an interesting perspective in another way. Um, and. to do when you're in a conversation with that person Um, you don't have to stay in it you can just close the conversation and say oh thank you Um, sometimes um, i'm talking with someone um, who doesn't read social cues very well (laughs) and doesn't stop the conversation and um, i've learned to not hesitate and just interrupt and say thank you i really need to go now (laughs) and you know find a few ways to exit a conversation politely and maybe practice those but um, you know, um, you know, all oh, thanks for the conversation, it was really interesting. Um, you know, I've got to go, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What advice do you have?
0: Uh, and one more question, uh, are there any no-go topics?
1: Ooh, that's a good one for me to learn about Slovakia, too, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the no-go conversations are. Um, mm-hmm. um, <sighs> yeah that's a good one. Um, I think um, try not to talk about a former employer or current employer in a negative aspect. Um, it's really easy to do gossiping and just um, you know, you know, when you go out to a bar with colleagues after work and just talk about about work, you know it's really easy to veer negative and, um, and try to stay positive. But when you're talking to somebody that isn't a close colleague or someone, um, the way you talk about your employer, your former employer, um, is how they'll actually see you. And what you choose to talk about um, and what you don't like about someone else actually reflects more about you because they don't know that context they're just seeing you in these words and those those associations are there then and you don't want that you don't want those words about somebody else to be associated with yourself and so um stay positive and um you can always say well what i didn't like about that was this but you're not necessarily complaining i think to say
0: okay so no negativity No. no gossips no complaints
1: yeah i mean it's hard you really have to stick um um, you know, be disciplined about it, um, and, um, yeah, stay positive and visionary, um, um, be curious, um, and, um, and, um, yeah, it's just really interesting. Um, I'm just trying to think of topics, no go topics. Maybe
0: something too personal about family or something like that. Yeah, if I you, mean, if you don't really okay. feel that it's appropriate, I would say it's not really a good idea. You know, not
1: to go too personal on your life. Yeah, I guess it really depends on.
0: Maybe some, you know, jokes are probably also not a really good idea. Yeah.
1: Sarcastic humor or ironic humor um, doesn't translate well between people all the time or between cultures. Um, and so that would be something. Um, um, I tend to be a pretty literal person, so when someone's sarcastic with me, I'm, I'm not really sure how to understand it. Okay. But um, And so it makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> in that um, context. So I guess, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the United States, we typically have a saying of you know don't talk politics or religion and I think in Europe those are the most interesting topics (laughs) (laughs) people like to talk about and um, um, we don't talk about salaries and money between people we don't ask each other what you make and I think um, that actually is a disadvantage for us because then we don't um, really have a good sense of um, um, salary negotiation and I think in Slovakia it's nice that um, by law salaries for positions need to be advertised at least a minimum yes. um, and you do want to know um, those kinds of questions but um, you can always ask the person you're talking to you know if you ask them a question to say is it okay that I ask you that and then the, you're like, get, uh, getting feedback from that person you say or you could say you know you don't necessarily have to um, um, answer this but this is something I'm curious about um, if you don't want to help me address this, is there someone else you, that might that might be willing to do that? So, yeah. Um, and I think if you're doing um, really sis, um, systematic networking and really trying to build a network for yourself um, and you've made a contact with someone that you really like, um, don't hesitate to ask that person, um, is there anyone else that you might be willing to um, connect me with? Um, I'm really interested in this industry or this field or having a job in this area. Um, can you connect me with anyone you know so I can talk to them? Um, I think that's a really important thing to to always build into your conversations.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip. Actually, and there's one more question that comes to my mind. Uh, can you see any differences between men and women networking? Hmm. Because uh, from my experience, again, it's women are usually Uh, worried uh, about asking something like this because they have this feeling that they are asking for too much, uh, you know, for some more connections or for some favors, so they usually try to be very careful Mm -hmm. during the first meeting. Is there anything else you you would add to the differences?
1: Yeah, I think what's generally um, acknowledged um, by um, people who've done research on gender roles in the workplace um, is that um, men tend to um, be more risky in their decision making and in their um, roles that they're willing to take on and they tend to go after projects or positions um, faster than women um, maybe um, without having as much experience so they may be saying oh well you know, I've got some experience like 40%, you know, I can go for it. Whereas a woman, um, again, stereotyping, general, generalizing, um, would wait longer and um, be less riskier and make sure, oh, I've got all of this experience. Okay, now I've got 80% now I'm gonna go for it because I really know that I can do that. And I think that's really where we, um, big, uh, um, a big cultural difference is and, and to be aware of that um because you could really miss out on something as a woman and not um put yourself out there faster Um, and so that could apply for networking is Mm -hmm. um, you know don't hesitate to build that network for yourself and um, if you see it as a risk you know take it because you're just dealing with people and um, you can choose who you want to deal with and who you don't want and who you want in your network and who you don't so Um, you know you still have that that opportunity so
0: yeah and I I read an article about differences between men and women networking and there was one interesting point uh, that women seek for deeper uh, connections deeper relationships and maybe some smaller groups uh, in opposed to men who really build. Uh, large networks and are not afraid to talk to thousands of people so that's that's maybe a difference that we always try to seek for deeper relationships and uh, that are based on trust actually
1: mm. yeah thanks for sharing that I'm not um, a per, you know an expert on that particular topic I can't um, necessarily add anything from Um, research I've read on that point but um, I think um, yeah recognizing um, where um, who who your relationships are at work and um, you know and if you can um, really build um, a supportive network and make it work for you I think is important and having both men and women in those circles is really important because we clearly approach things differently and we have a, a variety of personalities that really can guide us and so yeah.
0: yeah and actually one more uh, interesting point that comes to my mind right now is that uh, most of the networking events uh, are organized uh, or from 6 till 10 p.m. for example and many women have to go home to you know spend time with their families So it's not that natural to them uh, to go to these events, uh, to take these opportunities, to meet new people. So that's also one point to to think about. Mm -hmm. But tonight (laughs) we have this great opportunity to talk to each other. And um, I would like to give you the opportunity to ask questions. Any questions you have, I will just uh, have to repeat so that uh, people who are listening to the podcast can uh, hear us. And oh, it could I
1: mean, be asked in Slovak and you could translate it, Mirko, Yeah, right. well, hopefully. <laughs> okay,
0: who wants to start? Yeah, we have a question over there. I have a question. How do you see or what's the difference between mentor and coach? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is the difference between a mentor and a coach? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think... Um, They can be interchangeable um, um, and actually um, in management styles, those are really distinct styles I think in what I've learned from how to supervise somebody. Um, Coaching I think is a little bit more hands on, more um, if you think of like a soccer coach or a baseball coach or someone who's really trying to shape an athlete. Um, for higher performance or better performance. And so, really giving specific critique close to your job and close to what you're working on. So, I think um, a supervisor can be a coach or they could be maybe a really hands off person. A mentor is maybe someone who's giving more generalized feedback, um, more um, guidance, um, someone that you're kind of seeking ideas from. And so, if you really need some hands on, closer, um advice on something maybe you are you know co- can you coach me on this a little bit <laughs> that's how i would distinguish those two does that make
0: sense so like mentor maybe can tell me this is the trend of the market or like this kind of information yeah. so can a mentor tell you for example this is a trend on a market
1: yes um and i think Um, it's you can you don't necessarily hit your relationship with someone doesn't have to be defined in one or the other Um, and when you want some advice or feedback from somebody I think it's oh can I ask this kind of feedback from you I'd really like some insights on this you seem really interesting or I I really like what you've done because that person they may not think they have something to offer you so you want to tell them why oh I think you're um, Because you've had an interesting career. I think your perspective is interesting for me, and I'd like to ask you about this Um, then you're um, Then you're telling them um, Already I value what you have to say. You don't have to give me some big idea. I think that's important and then um, that person can tell you if that kind of feedback is appropriate for them or not and then it um, I think that's important. Did that answer your question or? Something else?
0: Mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the question was focused like mentor is giving more uh, general kind of information and coach like more specific or?
1: <laughs> Generally, yes. I would say, um, yeah, if you need a lot of very specific feedback on your actions and your decisions and your behavior, for example. <laughs> then you're needing someone to give you more coaching advice and 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 maybe um, a mentor isn't that close to your work environment and they're not able to really tell you about that and so um, a mentor maybe is a little bit more removed and you're really thinking um, more general with this person would you would you agree
0: Mm, probably yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. Any other questions from the audience? Yes, please. Hello. Hi. Uh, what was your best uh, mentoring experience, either as a mentee or as a mentor? And what goal did you achieve through this mentor, mentoring? Okay, so what was your best uh, experience in terms of mentorship, either in a position of a mentor or in a position of a mentee? And what, ki- what goal were you able to achieve
1: hmm um the best um way that I've used mentors is in uh, job search strategies um and so um when I wanted to um first start start out in my career um I sought out people who already had positions that were really interesting to me and I conducted <coughs> informational interviews with them so it was more a one-off um relationship where I just sat down with them and asked them for feedback on how they got their job, uh what advice would they give me to get a job like this, what kind of things should I do and help me see the gaps um and if I were going to be strategic, what would you want me to do? And I was just gathering all that information from people and I was able to really build um not just a vision but um, um, like a step-by-step plan on how could I get to a position where I was a leader at MIT, and how could I get myself into that role? It was just by asking a lot of people. And um, and and that feedback was really helpful, and it was people that um, were willing to give me a recommendation and, um, and, and that were willing to speak on my behalf. And that was just really incredible. And I think it's from those networks and from that relationship building. Um, And um, it was usually someone that said, oh, well, you might be good at doing this. Why don't you consider that? Um, And and then when I became a supervisor, um, I really wanted, and anyone that I supervised I tried to at least look at their current job under me as a stepping stone for their next job and What could we have you do in this current position? That's going to help you get to the next place and let's identify those gaps together so that Anyone that's worked under me Can go on to more success and that is how I viewed my success as a person and I think that's how other people view their success in me and I think if you look at mentoring from that perspective, I think it's really valuable. Um, Yeah, did that answer your question?
0: Okay, Julie, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Actually, we are running out of time, but the good news is that we have some more time for uh, networking in practice. And before we wrap up the official part, I would like to ask you to Uh, Describe the activity we have prepared for the people who came here today in person.
1: Yes, so as Mirka and I were talking about this, um, we really wanted to um, have you practice your own uh, networking this evening and, um, and maybe use tonight in socializing to meet somebody new Um, and to practice your um, elevator pitch or what you would say to somebody and get some feedback on that. And um, so that you can leave this evening's event with a contact of uh, someone that you can maybe uh, connect with after the event and do maybe an informational interview or ask them, do you know someone that I might be able to connect with after tonight's event? um that way you start um your own networking from this this group okay great that sounds exciting
0: uh another great news we have hot wine in here we have cookies (laughs) so please feel free to help yourself and uh julie uh thank you so much for joining us tonight it was great having you here and sharing your ideas your experience and practical tips and uh yeah see you some other time thank you for coming